from the newsroom of South Coast Today. This is ST Speaks, a podcast diving deeper into the news of the day and covering hot button issues that matter to you. You're listening to ST Speaks. All right, listeners, we've got a little treat for you today. Here we have a little crossover podcast. So we have uh, the stars of Courtside with Kurt and the Welling City podcast in the room here. So I'm Standard Times digital editor Brendan Curie. I'm here with Kurt Brown of the Courtside with Kurt podcast. Thanks for being here, Kurt. Thanks, Brendan. And then we also have Mike Bonner, who does the Whaling City podcast, another Standard Times reporter. And uh, we, the case we're going to be talking about today, he is actually involved in the court documents. He's uh, mentioned as a Standard Times reporter. Thanks for being here, Mike Bonner. Sure thing. I'm happy. Happy to join uh, Kurt Brown in any assets I can. All right. Yes. It's always uh, good to get the crew together here, get the band back. So today we're actually going to be talking about a civil case. Normally on uh, Courtside with Kurt, we do criminal cases, uh, but there's been a civil case. It's been uh, a lot of the talk of town recently, and it's about the 14 bells at the St. Lawrence Martyr Church. Uh, it's on County Street, um, not too far, kind of from where Route 6 and, uh, and County cross over each other, uh, kind of by the, the KFC up there and stuff. Uh, actually, my neighborhood, I live just a couple blocks away. Uh, Dylan's Breakfast, if anyone knows that place. So just to give you an idea of the geography. Right near the old uh, Holy Family High School, Holy Absolutely, Family yep. Grammar School. That's the landmark that people most know it by. All right. You're saying it's not KFC for everybody? But anyway. So, uh, yeah. So the controversy has been because uh, there was uh, some funds set up to try to save, uh, restore the tower and the bells. And then uh, in the meantime, the bells have actually been, been sold by the diocese uh, to a company called the Verden company. That's correct. And uh, so the bells were removed, and uh, now there is a lawsuit ongoing about uh, the future of the bells. And uh, so Kurt's been doing some report in the last couple days, and, and what's the latest on the status of the bells? The latest is that the status of the bells uh, are uh, is a little bit up in the air. Up in the air, the the bells are um, in are safe and secure. First of all, nobody is going to take them. Uh, they're um, at the A1 Crane Company in Fairhaven on Middle Street, and uh, they're under lock and key. They're building is secure it's got uh, cameras it's alarmed the uh, surveillance video is piped right into the Fairhaven Police Department okay so it is secure but yesterday in New Bedford Superior Court just down the street from the church on County Street a Superior Court judge uh, refused to issue a restraining order the uh, restraining order would have created a trust, a protective trust for the Bells. Um, it was brought by a longtime parishioner, Suzanne um, Sullivan, uh, whose connection to that church dates back to her baptism there. Uh, she uh, spearheaded the uh, campaign through the years to raise uh, in excess of $360,000 to um Repair, repair the, the tower the, and the bell tower the bells. And, and refurbish the bells. Yes, but the judge denied that uh, request for a restraining order. So that leaves the bells in a somewhat precarious position. The attorney for the diocese uh, told me today left a message on my phone saying that in his mind 
those ballots can be moved out of New Bedford um, and sent to Cincinnati, where the Verdun uh, company is located. Um, I spoke yesterday to uh, Patrick Carr, who is the owner and vice president of A1 uh, Crane Company. He says, as far as he was concerned, that Friday night he was served with a summons for those bells, and he wants a legal document before he turns them over. I went so far in asking him. Uh, he was hired by Verdun Company to uh, take the bells down, transport them to Ohio. I asked him if he received a call from them telling them to um, uh, transport them to Ohio. Would he do that? And he said, no, not until I get a uh, legal document from the court telling me that I have the permission to do it. He says, I don't want to be do anything wrong because I could be held I uh, I could be liable for it uh, now it is interesting though because there is no restraining order that is correct the law would actually say they are the property of the Verden company right now that is and correct. if he refuses to move them and fulfill his contract he could be actually the guy in the middle of this right I mean they requested that they he fulfill his obligations and move them um I don't know what, what legal leg he would have to stand on to refuse that. The, the three of us, none of us are lawyers. Uh, the, um, uh, so I, I tried to reach the uh, company, the Bell Company in Ohio, and I was told the only people who could answer my questions were the owners, and they were away uh, for the Thanksgiving Day uh, holiday. Um, but, uh, oh, and additionally, the judge did not issue any order yesterday uh, to keep the bells in New Bedford. Uh, so that's where we are now. It's, it's uncertain exactly what is going to happen to them. All right, so let's, uh, let's rewind a little bit back to, yep. the, to the earlier in the beginning of this. Uh, now, Mike, uh, you, you are actually mentioned here in the court documents um, because Suzanne Sullivan said she actually found out about the bells being removed from a story that you wrote. Yeah, I actually come in way months earlier. Uh, Suzanne reached out to the Standard Times, and I wrote a couple of stories about the Bells and their status. And I had a long conversation with Suzanne uh, a couple months ago uh, about everything she's kind of laid out uh, in the the court documents that Kurt has reported on. A lot of maybe not a lot, but at least some of the stuff that she mentioned in the court documents. She was hesitant to to initially come forward because I think that she hoped there would be some resolution, you know, Mm. some way to solve this. And as I told Kurt... I'm sure nobody wanted to end up in the court system. Right. And I I think, as I told Kurt, when I spoke with her more recently after, um, I think the last time when I told her, hey, the the church got back to me and they said that they would be removing the bells the 20th, she seemed like, uh, you know, no holds bar type of thing Mm. where, you know, she understood the the situation that maybe a court was the only answer at yeah, this. She, and she had to ratchet up her reaction. And she was, you know, everything was on the table at that point. So, yeah, I think it was, okay, so the, the 13th, I believe it was, November 13th, uh, is when I think I wrote a story about the Bells being officially sold mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, father, and Robert sold, Powell. for uh, $32,250, and then there's about $40,000 in uh, removal and transportation. Right. So I think it's, yeah, $70,000 total Mm -hmm. because $40,000 to move it, which kind of gets back into that 
if Verdun wants to move it because they've paid forty thousand dollars for it mm-hmm. just to move, never yes. mind even the the possession of it. That's, just for that's the an shipping, awful lot. The removal and shipping costs. You're yeah. talking about thirteen thousand pounds of bells needing to move. So uh, I called her uh, the 13th and said, "Hey, I think the 20th is the tentative date, weather permitting." And then I believe the 14th they were taken down, and that's kind of where Kurt came in from there. That's where kind of the, in my perspective. The weirdness began in terms of we had a date circled for the twentieth, and then the All next day they were, they're uh, gone. Yeah, not not quite in the in the dark of the night. Uh, it was in the afternoon, but still. Uh, no, this isn't the the like Colts was, moving to, yeah, to, Baltimore, exactly, to Baltimore, but <laughs> yeah, packing up the buses. But um, yeah, so I mean, and and then you know, obviously there's a lot going on inside of the church with these. Uh, so so Suzanne was kind of on the forefront of of raising money, I believe, for this uh, restoration project, and uh, it was even uh, I think it was what labeled as. Um, I guess the the donations were I don't have it right in front of me, but you know for the you know St. Lawrence Save the Bells right. project or something like that. Um, but then we have actually been hearing some stuff, uh, including a Facebook comment that was on uh, our Facebook page from um, Alyssa Lynch, who uh, definitely sounds like she's quite involved in the church, and she had noted that the congregation had a vote. And I'll quote from here. This is what she wrote: "I know that as a congregation, we did vote to use the money to repair the church as a whole, rather than concentrate a single piece of the church." church. Um, she did note that she was not aware that uh, some of the money that was raised was from a bequest in a will, um, so that, that might be more specific. Um, but uh, she did say that the, uh, that the I know Suzanne worked hard to help raise the monies to repair the bell tower and was likely far more disappointed than most to hear of the needs of the church building as a whole and the subsequent plans, but I am still of the opinion that it makes no sense to repair a bell tower in a church that is crumbling. It's a no-win situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like it might also be a possible thing here where the church did get together um, as a congregation and decided that they just needed that money for other other needs, but then you know, then it goes back to if people bequeath things in their will for certain mm-hmm. uses. I mean, how do you get around that? So it's a very complicated and, and, and thorny issue here. It is, and and the judge did mention did mention from the bench yesterday, or actually, she suggested that uh, the church needs the money to repair the church building, mm-hmm. uh, and and that uh, uh, woman who posted that on Facebook, is is absolutely right. How do you save a bell tower and then let the church deteriorate? Mm-hmm. The the judge made a comment that uh, the uh, steeple is deteriorating and the uh, weight of the bells is contributing to it. Mm-hmm. And I think, Mike, you had talked to uh, the pastor and some other people in the church, and, and they told kind of similar story. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I can actually confirm uh, through Suzanne Sullivan uh, and uh, Father Robert Powell at the at the church, both told me that a vote was held to determine what to do with the bells, and uh, overwhelmingly the congregation said... I, the numbers, whatever, I think it was, you know, from 2013 or 14, uh, so a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago, actually, so maybe 15, but it was about 75, 25 uh, in favor of getting rid of the bells. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it kind of comes into where Suzanne was saying she understood that, but at the same time, this money was donated specifically for the bells. And I think her, as she told me a number of times, if you're going to raise more money for the church because it is needed, more money mm-hmm. is needed, and you tell people, hey, this is what it's for, and then it doesn't go for that that specific purpose, your fundraising abilities in the future are really hampered because people don't know what their money's yes. going to. They think you're being dis- could be disingenuous. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a, like we said, it's a, it's a complicated issue, and there's a, you know definitely one with kind of even more than two sides on it. And uh, so now I think the ne- the case has been continued until December fourth. Um, if we could back oh, up a little right. bit, so in the the diocese issued a statement yesterday, okay. and and uh, in that statement they said that uh, the paperwork to uh, remove the bells was uh, pushed along a little bit further uh, than. Uh, uh, was initially forecast, and so the bells came down before they were even notified. Of the diocese, that being the diocese, or before the church was ever notified. So they're saying that the speed up in the, the removal correct. of them was kind of more of a paperwork thing. That is absolutely correct. They were just correct. ready to go before yeah. they realized it, and um, there, wasn't, there wasn't anything uh, underhanded about it. Um, so yeah, well, and uh, so yeah, so December fourth though is when the case has been continued till. That is correct. And, uh, what, I guess what could happen on that day, or what are we expecting to hear? Um, well, the briefs are due um, uh, November thirtieth. Uh, the judge wants to hear uh, law, wants the both attorneys to address the legal issue of jurisdiction, whether uh, civil courts uh, have the right to deal with this issue or whether it falls into the domain of the um uh canon law? Ca- yes of canon law of ecclesiastical law the attorney um for suzanne summer says that uh in most cases this falls within canon law however there are exceptions here because number one donations were sought and number two the diocese uh put the bells up for sale uh, so, so there's some debate as to whether the church is. can handle this internally or whether it has to be an, an issue for the civil court. That is correct. Yep. All right. So we'll yep. find out some on that on December 4th. Uh, until then, as of right now, the bells are in Fairhaven. For now. Kind of, you know, as under lock and key as large bells can yeah. be. Yep. And uh, the owner of the, that company says he's not moving them, um, although it could be uh, interesting if the company that now owns them uh, really, you know, puts the screws, screws to them and says we want them sooner. You're absolutely right. Uh um, just as an aside, I'm a native of New Bedford, and those uh, bells are held in high, high, uh, they're revered. Yes, uh, I think they were installed in 1888. That's correct. Um, I believe the quote we ran says they were a sound beacon as far right. back as the whaling days hmm. for mariners returning to New Bedford. Hmm. Um, yeah, although 1888, probably probably later days of the whaling <laughs> era, right. kind of the, the tail end there. Um, but now the the bells actually do go off. So is that an electronic bell yes, that it goes is. off there? Because yeah. I live so close, I hear yeah. them every day. Yes, there is. It uh, is. And yeah. so, so uh, yeah, so it doesn't mean that you won't hear the bells anymore. It mm-hmm. just uh, means they won't physically be up there anymore. So, all right. Well, that is uh, the case of the uh, St. Lawrence Martyr Church bells. And uh, we'll update uh, we will. here uh, when, once there's uh, fine, maybe a final determination mm-hmm. is, comes to be. So uh, definitely uh, an interesting case that has a lot of people around town talking. Mm. And uh, I... Uh, uh, thank Mike, our, our special guest today. Yes, thank, thanks, uh, Mike from the Whaling City Podcast for being here. Anytime. And we got the, it's kind of like the crossover episode, right? It's like when the Simpsons and the right. Family Guy appear on each other. Uh, we got the crossover here. So thanks as always for listening to our podcast network. You can listen to it on iTunes, on Google Play, and on Omni, uh, as well as we embed it in a lot of our stories here at SouthCoastToday.com. And you can always read Kurt and Mike's reporting in the print edition of the Standard Times.